because my connection with you, you know, at a coffee shop or at your place of business, is like where I find myself useful. And I was, I struggle with making myself useful if I'm not connecting like emotionally and physically, like seeing you. And I've had a real hard time here, like figuring that out. Like, how can I connect with you via the phone? I mean, what are the things that we can talk about? Like, where can I go that makes me feel like I am actually useful to you? And that my job is still adding value as opposed to that tenny ring and hey, how are you? And then I hang up, which essentially feels like an email to me. I mean, a phone call is great, but it also, because I love the, hi, give me your hands. Let's share broccoli, you know, like that type of thing. Like, I love that. I don't get to do it right now. This is the 40 Lessons Podcast. My name is Todd B. Waldo. Thank you so much for checking out 40 Lessons. We are at episode 54. This is the last episode of this season, and we're going to finish this thing out with my girl, Roby Martin. We had a little happy hour. She poured something good in her glass. I poured something good in my glass. We got on Zoom and talked to each other and shared a conversation around community and culture. We also talked about our mental health and our self-care. May is our focus on our mental health. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, I'm just excited to share this conversation with you. Roby, she does a lot of things during the day. She's helping to balance human resources and contract staffing. Many of you see her on CBS 6. A lot of you listen to her podcast, Eat It Virginia. You read her work across a lot of different publications. We got into it. Talked about Richmond. Talked about food, of course. Talked about culture here and life here. Her journey to Richmond. So I'm excited to share that with you. Also, I got to tell you guys about Holly Fun. I've mentioned it before. So after this conversation with Roby, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the Holly Fun. Let's get into it. Conversation here on the 40 Lessons Podcast, Roby Martin. Very often I connect with people, you know, right? We sit down and we talk together and sometimes we pour a drink. I am doing that today with a person who I just adore and we're doing it, both of us at home, something good in our glass. Roby is here. I see her. So good to see you. Thank you for jumping on the 40 Lessons podcast. Of course. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm I'm also a little apprehensive, like 40 lessons. Oh, I mean, when you think about it, I feel like every day is a lesson. Every day is a lesson. And that's why we created this space to talk about all that. Um, sure. You, you and I, so we met out in these Richmond streets doing our Richmond thing. Uh, and I, I knew who you were, like you were, I, I knew who you were, but then we got to like share stage and share events and kind of do our thing together. That was really, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Uh, of course I have to ask, we are still in this moment where everyone's at home living through the Corona, the COVID, whatever word you want to use to describe this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like you're okay. Like you're making it day to day. How are you? How was family? What's happening? I'm I'm super lucky to say right now, as it currently stands, everybody in my family, or at least at least my immediate family, is at home yeah. and 
like super shelter in place and healthy. Wonderful. So, I mean, I can't, you can't ask for more than that. That's great. Uh, and you, is this your, are you on your deck right now? This is like, this is the, is this is the rear of your home. Is that what this you are? This is the back of my house. Yeah. Yes. I'm sitting on my deck. Uh, I have, we live right um, in the near West end. So kind of near the river. Yeah. And so we have a little bit of wooded area in the nice. back. So I hang out out here pretty, pretty often. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I am. I'm fortunate that I have a home with different spaces. It's like this is the workspace. That's where we are right now sure. up here in Churchill. But I've got windows and I've got light, and so I can look outside and see what's happening out there while I while I sit and talk to you. That's good. I like it. How, how are you moving? It's a beautiful th- night. How are you moving through your spaces? Like when you start your day, like do you like? All right, it's kind of work time, so I'm going to sit over here at the kitchen table. And oh, it's snack time, so I'm going to the kitchen. Oh, it's happy hour, so I'm going outside. Like, do you, <laughs> do you like move through different spaces in a home and try to use those very deliberately? It's so funny that now that you ask that, very much so. Yeah, that's so. That never out in bar and do like a stand desk situation mm-hmm. so i'm close to the coffee pot right but i can also see what's happening and around i have pretty much we have like a basement area mm-hmm. i have a little desk set up down there and i'll be down there till happy hour which is that works pretty well <laughs> yeah i have some serious spaces going on that's so cool <laughs> I'm, nice of you to bring that up now that i think about it i'm very compartmentalized well, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel for, I feel for people. Yeah, your, your, your Wi-Fi is struggling a little bit, but we go, we go, we go and get through it. Um, I feel for people who like you got a two bedroom. It's mine. I'm so sorry. It is yours. It's, it's, it's your Wi-Fi. That's, that's. Uh, who's your, who's your, <laughs> who's your provider? Let's, let's, let's talk bad about your. <laughs> Oh, let's call him out. Um, it's Verizon. Come on, Verizon. Fios. Come on, Brian. Fios. Also my provider right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's yours that's struggling. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, I, I feel for people who just, like, it's a two-bedroom, one-bedroom apartment. Like, that's so hard to just kind of be in that, be in that space. So I'm glad both of us got room to move around. Move around, sure. Yeah. Uh how are you, so you are probably similar to me, that you're, both your work and probably the way that you just, I don't know, like the energy around you, the, the things that feed you very often involve leave your house, go to a place, get around the people, do the thing, cover the thing, be a part of something. Are you substituting it? Are you just kind of letting it go and finding other things to fill you up? Like, how are you managing through kind of what you usually pour into you? You can't really do that right now. It's really interesting. I actually had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. So I was, I'm having to look, I hate to use the word, I wasn't finding myself valuable or useful as this whole thing started. Because my connection with you, you know, at a coffee shop or at your place of business, is like where I find myself useful. Mm -hmm. And I was, I struggle with making myself useful if I'm not connecting like emotionally and physically like seeing you. Mm -hmm. And I've had a real hard time here, like 
figuring that out. Like, how can I connect with you via the phone? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the things that we can talk about? Like, where can I go that makes me feel like I am actually useful to you? Yeah. And that my job is still adding value as opposed to that tenny ring and, hey, how are you? And then I mm-hmm. hang up, which essentially feels like an email to me. It's, I mean, a phone call is great, but it also, because I love the, Mm-hmm. give me your hands yeah. let's share broccoli you know like that type <laughs> of thing like i love that i don't get to do it right now so i really am i, I still am struggling with like working through those emotions mm-hmm. and how long i'm gonna have to hold that space in me you know like yeah. knowing that maybe we won't be able to share broccoli you really like to so share broccoli. You're all about the well, broccoli it's a, share. It's a good food. If you get it, <laughs> if you if it's done right, it's healthy. You can add all sorts of accoutrements. It can be put on a baked potato. I yeah. mean, it's good stuff. <laughs> you, so, food is a big part of your life. Huge. Do you cook? I, yes, I grew up in a restaurant. Yes. My mom owned three, hmm. and so she was not having it. <laughs> we we were we it when you call us. We were child labor. Yeah. I, I have three real siblings and a couple of individuals that just will stay hung around our house yeah. because you know there was food. <laughs> so where where, where was this? Farmville, Virginia. Farmville. So it's it's for me from Jersey. It's Farmville. Is it Farmville? Like does it just kind of get shrunken a little bit? A little. <laughs> Farmville. A little mm-hmm. um, so he so in so she had three restaurants in Farmville? Two physical locations, one restaurant that was a deli kind of during the day mm-hmm. and then and then changed into a totally different restaurant. We'll call fine dining, but for Farmville. Yeah. It was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then two doors down, she had more of what you could call chicken tenders and salads. Because yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what everybody eats. <laughs> so you, brothers, other... Folks like family, um, and what is that? What was your job like when you were old enough to actually work in the restaurant? Like, what did you do? What was your job? What was what? Were you cooking? Were you taking? Were you serving? Like, were you cleaning up? Like, what did you actually have to do? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) all of it. So when you're younger, so both my parents were self-employed and my dad's a third generation jeweler Mm. and my mom started a restaurant when I was like, and when I say started, she actually purchased a restaurant from a female who owned it, Hmm. that she would walk to the restaurant and get a certain sandwich. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, I love this. I'm going to do it. So she came into the restaurant business knowing very little other than being a server when she was in college. And we did stuff like sweep the front, (laughs) you know, like where you came in Mm -hmm. or wipe down the windows or change the light bulbs. That was like early on things Mm -hmm. that I remember. Or like she'd like really, really make us like, I call it like serious labor. Like there was a huge upstairs storage and she'd have us, clean all those things out and yeah. organize them and sweep and like get things all good together. So like we'd be up there sweating in this heat. <laughs> I mean, I say it, I mean, obviously it wasn't that bad, but of course I'm going to make it sound like it was torture. We were right. sweating in this heat, <laughs> losing pound by pound and by hour, but that's what we started doing. Yeah. But this, so for you going through kind of middle school, high school, 
where you're starting now to imagine like who you want to be when you grow up. Uh, two entrepreneurs as parents, that being kind of this model of what work looks like. Did you think that you would kind of stay in that? Did you, what did you think you might do when you were the high, the high school Roby? Like what was she thinking she was going to do when she grew up? I'm not food. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Or jewelry, which is so funny because I, my father had a watchmaker that also was part of his component of his jewelry store. Mm -hmm. And I'm so mad I didn't pay more attention to that because right. I would love to be a watchmaker right now. Yeah. Like, I just think that the, the the connection of that is just insane. But no, when I got to college, I was so obsessed with just being a number. <laughs> like, please don't notice me. Mm. Like, please just said, I mean, I graduated in a class of 52 people. Wow. That was my senior class. So then I was like, let's go to Virginia Tech. <laughs> because it's like huge. <laughs> so I was like, please, nobody look at me. Please just don't notice me. Please yeah. just let me do anything. And so that four years, I really was just, I, I, I waited tables. But that's mm -hmm. because I was taught that you had to work. Yeah. Not because I wanted to be in food. Yeah. And then... No, I actually didn't get back into food. I waited tables here in Richmond, but I didn't get back into the food as where I sit now mm -hmm. till maybe 2007. Mm. So, I mean, it seems like 13 years ago is a long time now, but right. I graduated college in 99. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty long span of time to be out of it. And by the time I graduated college, my mom had sold the restaurants to mm -hmm. her general manager at and she was pretty much just kind of overseeing some of the day to day, but not much food anymore. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to me how answer for no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me how, you know, these, our parents very often are these first models for us of what work looks like. Uh, I, so my dad was only around for the first eight years of my life or so. And, um, was pretty inconsistent during that. And my mom was a nurse. Her whole career was taking care of people. And I was told because I was good in math and science, I should be an engineer. I didn't know what that was. Engineers ran trains. And I didn't think that's what this, my counselor was talking about. But I didn't have a model. Like, no one showed me what it looked like. So I really needed college to help me figure out, other than just the jobs I had. Paper route. I worked for my neighbor. Um, I sold women's handbags and accessories. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I had, I, I did retail. I worked for it at a drugstore, but like career kind of work, I had no idea what it was going to be. Uh, when you, when you left tech and said, all right, I got to get a job. Did you come to Richmond? Like, did you come like Richmond Farmville? Did you come back home to start work? Where'd you go? So I came back. So in 1999, weirdly enough, I, because I had worked in the restaurant off and on through college, yeah. I come back home for the summer to help like transition things mm -hmm. and was dating a guy who lived in Farmville. Mm. Now he wasn't from Farmville, but because I'd come back and forth, he had taken a job at the Tyson plant, yeah. which is like right outside of Farmville. He was an environmental environmentalist at a Tyson plant, okay. which means kind of, I think he lied to me, but let's just pretend that <laughs> that's pretend. what he was that's at a the job. chicken plant. Yes. So I had come home to see him a bunch and in my head, 
he was going to move to Richmond with me because I had accepted a job that I'd been recruited hmm. to to do here in Richmond. That's not how it went. So let's just put it that way. Like <laughs> the trajectory did not go that way at all. But I moved to Richmond almost immediately. I mean, there was that three month gap mm-hmm. a- after graduating. Yeah. Wait, did you with dig- a rent of like four hundred dollars? Let's just put it that yes. like that uh, down four hundred dollars. That is what I paid in the fan. Oh, you were living well in the fan. I was living something. <laughs> <laughs> And so, but like that moved to Richmond and you've been here ever since. I have. Yeah. Did you sure dig, did you dig Richmond? Like, was that a, like, you really wanted to be here. You really, whatever was happening in Richmond at the time, uh, I guess was it Myrtle capital at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but like, did you dig Richmond? Like, was it a really place you wanted to be or just cause you had so- because of the job? Well, so small town Farmville was like everybody knew everything mm-hmm. and you either fit this mold or you didn't. And I I sat like on a fence forever trying to fit into the mold yeah. in Farmville. And then in Blacksburg, again, small town with like a hundred million people that already have their buddies, essentially, mm-hmm. or the cliques that they're in. So you find a tiny group there. And so when you move to Richmond, you either brought your friends that stayed in Farmville. No. <laughs> which I did not. And then, or you talked briefly to the people that were, you know, your buddies in Blacksburg who've either moved back to Jersey or however it worked. what i was saying when i disconnected but it couldn't have been that great so let's just <laughs> move on yes I, I love richmond yes i felt me here you did you felt you here uh mm-hmm. you um you have established now uh this really cool space you get to talk about some of what i think really if nothing else what we do with food in richmond has defined us like there's a lot that and i guess the 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 cool richmond I guess, yeah, that Civil War Confederate thing, that defined Richmond too. But like the food, sure, man, like, sure. that, like that is, that has shifted Richmond's place. Um, how, and you've got, I guess being here so long, you've got to see that progression, I guess, of how we kind of started in this. Do you, do you, can you remember when you started to get a, an idea of like, like this food thing is really, this is going to set Richmond apart. When I started writing about food in Richmond, writing about a Korean restaurant in the South side was considered, that was my first review at Mm -hmm. South Weekly was a Korean restaurant in the South side, in an area of the South side that most people weren't traveling at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, Mm. what are you doing? Like Mm what? I mean, it was like, we have Korean food. Like that was like the type of reaction. Mm. Because if you were reading the Times Dispatch, who had a very talented reviewer at that time, mm-hmm. very, you were reading about steakhouse culture. You were mm. reading about La Petite France, who was like, maybe our only, you were reading about the frog in the redneck, which, you know, they say Jimmy Steve blew open doors at downtown. 
at, with a crab cake. I mean, like, <laughs> but like that's what you were reading about. Yeah. So we, the evolution, I didn't, I thought I was being on the edge mm. when really it was Richmond that was on the edge. Mm-hmm. And I was just following along. Like I was a genius. Yeah. So I don't, I saw it, but I don't think I saw it like Richmond saw it. Yeah. So now, I mean, this, this is the thing now, like food has been in our, our, where people eat, the events that we have, how we pair food and music and, and, you know, these live experiences together. Um, are there, are there still gaps? Like, are we still, have we still not figured out how to, like you give that, that Southside example is fantastic because very often, you know, I got here and I realized, oh, like, that's a thing. Like, I'm not supposed to go south of the river for some reason. I'm supposed to stay up here. Like, do we still have gaps in just how we have, you know, the kind of food, who owns what, where people go, like, where are we still struggling and where can we do a little bit better with how we're, how we're shaping Richmond into a, you know, this, this food destination? There's huge divides still. I mean, and I, I, massive ones. Like I think that where you live, the individuals can set up shop because the rent is lower. Mm. So you're seeing a, a wealth of inf- of individuals putting restaurants in Churchill. Well, I don't understand why that doesn't look like it all over Richmond. Mm-hmm. Because why why do we force restaurants to move into buildings that were not meant for them. Like yeah. like an old house is not meant to house a restaurant. So there's massive renovations of properties that could be historical that don't need that or however it works. Um, and there's also not enough emphasis on black and brown food. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, I think that there's a huge cultural aspect to food that, I mean, crab cakes aren't going to give us yeah. like, it's just, it's just not. And peanut soup is delightful, but why aren't we seeing everything else mm-hmm. on menus? And please don't get me started on pimento cheese. <laughs> holy moly. I mean, but you, I mean, I'm sure you see it. I, yeah. I mean, I'd like to see where our real culture connects in music and food. Yeah. And I don't like the. Do you do you MC the jazz festival? So don't I, you? I I have worked. Um, I have attended, I've been a musician at a jazz fest. Uh, and it's jazz fest is, you know, it's one of the, one of the best things I think that happens in Richmond for, you know, for music. It does get to promote black music at a scale much differently. Uh, it has a different vibe than two street, like two street is our, like that's everything that is, if nothing else is so Richmond, two street absolutely is, is Richmond. Uh, but do you think the right food is represented there? Like, I think that it's not, but I don't know. Like, there I'm could be more. That I wouldn't know. There, there could be more. It's, it's a, I think part of your challenge with Jazz Fest is the price point to get in. Uh, and it is uh, the mix of vendor and food and the music. Uh, for a lot of people that attend, like, they're bringing their own. So it's picnic time for them. So they'll set up for two days and kind of bring in their own food uh, as opposed to a two street where that's absolutely a lot of eating. Like some people come out to Jackson Ward just to eat and oh yeah, there's somebody on stage too, right? 
Um, that would be me. I mean, like, that would be me. I mean, I love music, but I'd be like, mm, snacks. Snacks. <laughs> That's right. I like them. But I think you're right. I think, you know, the our entrance into experiencing someone else's culture, their stories, where they come from, what's wonderful about um, about that culture, about that experience, food is a great gateway into that. Uh, especially when it's authentic and you actually get the storytelling behind it. Uh, I think too often we can just, oh, I had some, I had some Asian foods. Now I understand Asian culture. Like we can really minimalize people in that way. But when it's done well, like we could really experience what it's like to, you know, what it actually, uh, what informs what goes into the food that we're like actually enjoying. Everybody has a food story. Everybody, whether you, it's a gourmet food or a, a food that gives you a memory, everybody mm-hmm. has a food story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll give you an example. So I grew up in Farmville. My father was a, um, is the son of an orphan. Mm-hmm. And all of those Southern foods that you hear about, like greasy greens and souse and all of that stuff was part of my father's table. He can tell you all about poke salad and all of that stuff, all delicious things. Mm -hmm. In my household, it didn't quite look like that. But my father learned in his household that anything can be put in between two pieces of bread with some mayonnaise. Mm. So we, my dad made lunches in our house till Friday, which we got to buy square pizza. Every day he got up in the morning before he went to work, made us lunch. We took lunch to school. Mm. It it, it It was a cool thing about my dad. But it's really tough to explain to your friends what a snap sandwich is. <laughs> because my dad believes that green beans and mayonnaise in between two pieces of bread is a sandwich. Yes. And I love it. I love it to this day. I still eat a snap sandwich. I love it. Yes. But that is a food memory for me mm-hmm. that is makes me happy and it makes me laugh. And also is historical in his, how he was brought up. Mm-hmm. I bet you have one. I do. Like I, I remember, um, so I don't, I don't eat anything from a pig anymore. Uh, but I remember when I lived in Jersey, when I lived in Linden, it was the one time where my family was almost kind of on the same street. Like we were in walking distance from each other. Um, my, the woman who was grandma to me was next door. My aunt was down the road. Um, and so we could walk a few blocks and get to her house. And I remember she made pig feet and they smelled horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, and she made chitlins. Like it was the worst smelling preparation for dinner because you have both chitlins and you have pig feet. And on the counter, gosh, I can't believe I remember all this. On the counter, she had pickled pig feet, which is a different way to prepare the pig feet, but it was in this jar. And that is bright red, too. Yes, yes. And I ate it. Like you eat the pig feet, and like it's like you get some bread, you kind of pull it off the skin. There's this whole process of how to eat that. Um, I I couldn't come close right now in my life to doing any of that, but we were together. Like me, my mom, my aunt, my cousins, like we were just in that house smelling horrible, but just enjoying each other, you know, and the kids, we but were playing. They taste good. I think they smell terrible, but they taste good. <laughs> I do. I thought it's horrible to say. Just like chicken feet are really texturally ick, but they taste good. 
I've never had a chicken foot. Ooh, we gotta get you <laughs> to a chicken foot. It's okay. So texturally, it's a little bizarre. Okay. And just I'm putting that out there. So yes. if you're a textural fit, like you have a textural thing. Yeah. Like my mother doesn't love macaroni and cheese because texturally the macaroni is a little bizarre. Okay. Think take that texture and put it towards chicken feet. Yeah, as long as it doesn't. It, I don't like pudding. I don't like soft, mushy things. So as it's, long as it's not like that, then I'm okay. It's. Elastic. Okay. How about that? That's fine. Uh, so I, I, I think that uh, you may have a challenge. Let me see if you actually do. Can you just like go eat? Like, can you just go to a place? Not in your mind, like all the things that may happen to like, let me remember this. Let me think about that. Ooh, it could have been a little more. Mm, that was okay. Can you just like eat and enjoy and not turn on the part of you that normally would have to kind of, I got to remember this because I got to write about it and do the thing. Can you just enjoy it? Not as much as I used to be able to, but I'll return this to you. Can you go to, a, with your knowledge, <laughs> and I know it's great knowledge, can you go to a concert and say, oh, I would have taken that here or... I would have maybe move. I don't. This is me, not educated about music at all. Move the saxophone to smidge. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, just, I don't know. Like, do that. Hashtag move the saxophone to smidge. I'm, I'm going to use that on stage <laughs> next time. I am. Uh, so maybe. Here's what's true. If it's bad, I can't not know. Go to a show, and if the mics, let's just say I go to a show, live show, and the mics don't work, and I can't hear something, yeah, I, I'm going to notice. Uh, if I watch an award show on TV, I'm noticing the production. The lights, the cuts, the shot, like, all. I'm, that's what I'm really noticing. Uh, but I try to live in balance. Like, I try to be in the moment and not get distracted by that. So I do put effort in to not go there. But it's hard. Sure. So you like if you go to a restaurant and you've been in so many like I have, if the service is really crappy, I am going to notice. I'm going to it's going to and I'm going to notice like timing. I'm going to notice. Here's a funny thing that someone brought up to me a couple of years ago. I'm going to notice if the the flower, the water in the flower vases is dirty. I think I would notice that, too. Because you would expect if you sat down at a table and that was their centerpiece. Yeah. I mean, where are you? We're not at your house. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what you do there, but like, right. somebody else is going to eat here again. They're going to see that. Like, I, I noticed that. I noticed if your menus are icky. Mm-hmm. So, all similar things that you would notice at a musical production, because a restaurant dining pr- production is a production.
I wanted to ask you about this part of what I think also makes this this community so cool is is the relationships with with each other. Um, so like like so when I hosted the LBs and I stood on stage, you know, it's like I know you guys because I come to your places. Like you feed me, you pour delicious drinks into my glasses. But it was cool to see how just folks kind of connect with each other. Uh, so there is there is this as much as we talk about like there are definitely gaps, right? There are gaps in just the experiences, but there is a real community here. What's it like for you to kind of be a part of that? Right. Um, and uh, is it challenging? Because you, you have to critique some of it too, right? But like, what's it like for you to kind of be in and part of this, this kind of food community that we, that we got in Richmond? It's, I mean, there's a total ton. The best thing about it is you watch a community support itself so strongly and yeah. it's hard not to be in, like, it just brought by how that is really at the basis of everything that mm -hmm. most of the Richmond restaurateurs do here mm -hmm. in in our city, which is awesome. From a critique standpoint, I don't know. I gotta. Everybody has an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, mine just happens, and I don't do critiques anymore, which is great. I mean, like I used to do much, but I don't. Mine just happened to be one that ended up in print. Sure, but you have equally as valid thoughts as I do. Mm -hmm. Just they weren't in style weekly for 10 years. I mean, that didn't make me any different than you. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I know you have great thoughts. I know you have good things. So, <laughs> so like, I mean, maybe we should put them in print, frankly. Do you write? <laughs> I do. Uh, but I don't think, it, I don't think anyone wants to read what I have to say about. Uh, you don't know that. You don't know that. <laughs> One one of the things, uh, and I wanted to make sure that we, you know, that we talk about this. One of the things about this community, uh, because this has been, in particular, hard for people who who every week rely on folks like us go to a place, we sit at a table, we pay our bill and we pay a tip, and the restaurant owner has the money they need and everything works, and right. that is not happening right now. Um, you are one of the people that gets to work with Holly Fund. Shout out to everyone involved with Holly Fund. Um, this thing. And do you know how that came about, Todd? I, that's what I was going to say. I, I was going to say, if some people don't know, so I would love for you to tell, tell folks how that came about. Um, and then we'll talk about what's happening with it uh, right now. Yes. Well, A, we, we'll, go, we'll start with this. We asked if you would come on board last week and you so incredibly said, sure, I'd love to volunteer my time, <laughs> which is amazing. Yes, so thank you. Absolutely. So Hollister Lindley, uh, she was a food reviewer here in Richmond mm. before me. And I, when I started, she and I befriended each other. Mm -hmm. And she is, was loud and opinionated and mm. told me what was wrong with what I was doing and what was right, which was very little, <laughs> I gotta admit, <laughs> very little. Um, she passed away. So we, she was diagnosed with ALS, I think in 2011. Mm. So I walked her and I'm saying that Rich Kern, her husband and I walked her through that 
disease. It's a mm-hmm. terrible, awful, 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 awful disease. Mm-hmm. Watched her go from standing almost six foot three to wheelchair bound mm-hmm. using my shoulder to to use the toilet because I'm so much shorter. Mm-hmm. I was like the perfect balance for her, which we found hilarious on multiple occasions. <laughs> um, she, she and I talked for a long time right before she passed about how she might be able to give back to the restaurant community. And before I say give back after she passed, just so you know, she was like a secret investor in a lot of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like she one was ready to close and she loved it. So she gave them money. Mm. I mean, and it just wasn't just a single one. There's like few that they don't talk about it, but Mm -hmm. we all know. Mm -hmm. So I asked her if there was a way we could do that. And I asked her if we could use her name. And she said, of course, that sounds great. (laughs) So I incorporated the Holly fund in 2018. Mm -hmm. Here is how much guidance she has given us since she passed away. And I want you to know it's coming directly from her. We, our website went up on March the 1st of this year. Mm. So we incorporated, had a first fundraiser, got Mm -hmm. all the money we could get together, which was not that much to get a website, get a brand, do all of those things, Mm -hmm. the stuff that you should do. We're in the throes of having our second fundraiser, which would have mean we would have raised about 15 grand. Mm-hmm. We are only planning on doing two grants a month, two grants a month Yes, for 12 months. So $1,500. Our website goes live on March the 1st. As of today, this specific day, we have raised over $300,000. Wow. We have given over 110 grants and there are were there were cuz now you are there. <laughs> there were there were four of us. Linda Tram who owns Automall Farms. She came on last year. Cheryl Magazine who was the food editor at the Times Dispatch. Mm-hmm. She came on last year. And then Susan Winecki who's been with this with me for the pretty much the entirety of it. That's it. Yeah. So $300,000 and so much guidance from Hollister. So much so that, you know, it's supposed to take like a hundred years to get your 501 paperwork. Mm -hmm. No, no, Hmm. we got ours. (laughs) Light shine down. So I'd like you to know that that six foot something redhead is still telling me what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) welcome to it i'm so excited to have you be part of this i you know i i saw um i was i was thinking about you know what what could i do to be helpful you know and it was just right like it was just right i think for so many of us february and march where as a you know as a business owner as a performer i saw money go away engagements canceled you know postponed indefinitely uh and I thought about the people, I thought about musicians that are bartenders. And I said, all right, so when you're not on the road, you're at a bar, right. but you don't have that now. And there were a couple of folks I just checked on, like, I hope you're okay. Like, I don't have an answer. I don't know what to do. And then, you know, we had that kind of Friday happy hour. Let's just, let's just talk that up. Because it seems like this at least is one of the mechanisms that we could use 
focused on Richmond, focused on people who I deeply appreciate, folks I know very, you know, know personally. And it was a way just to say, let's just try to be helpful because a lot of people need help. And this is one very targeted way that we can help folks who, um, you know, everyone's not thinking of the impact of this on folks like that. So it was beautiful to see. And I'm glad to lend more of my time and energy to it. Well, we're, I'm thrilled that you are going to, it's, it, it days it's very emotional because you read through some of these grant applicants and it's just, it, it just hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. But there are days like yesterday, and this is where my two jobs, my one job with CBS six and this like advocation that I have like weirdly collided. Mm. There is, so there's a, individual on Instagram who just reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm trying to have a fundraiser to support this charity. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you can try one of my pizzas and talk about it? If you love it. Hmm. I'm like, I don't really do that type of thing. I was like, but I would love to push your fundraiser because I'm all for that. And he's like, well, the fundraiser is the Holly fund (laughs) because my significant other received a check and I want to raise money. That's beautiful. For the place. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, is that not just a wild circle yeah. of, and I, I mean, he didn't need my help. Oops, did I lose you? There you go. Um, he, he, he sold out. He didn't need my help. They sold out a pizza before what's happening on Saturday because so many people are interested in supporting the people that make their drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um. So you, so you have um, now CBS six. You got your own podcast. You got your own content. You're creating. You're doing um, the work you're doing now. Like, is this? If you think back to leaving tech, coming to Richmond, do this work, style, like all the things you've done. Does this feel like you're at closer to the center of who you are? Like, are you really like? Are we getting that version of Roby now? That like, yeah, this is this is who I am. I'm flowing in my gifting. Like, yeah, this is like, this is me now. Maybe. <laughs> there are days, I know. But I don't ever want to say that I'm so certain into like, you know, there's all, there's always that like tiny bit of doubt. Like, can I do more? Hmm. What, I don't know. Like, what else can I do? Where, where am I? And my as you as you I told you earlier, my biggest thing is like, where am I useful? Right. Like, I I want it's it's a, it's a gift and a flaw. I need to be useful. Mm-hmm. So, I think the direction currently for me to be useful isn't in my full time day job. I mean, CBS six sure because everybody wants to know where they can get all the things to do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll continue that because that's a useful place. But I think the Holly Fund might be where I am supposed to be the most me right mm. now. If that makes sense. I think it's always a transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I, the me when I was 23 is not the me I am now. Yeah. The, the, but I thought I was very me. Right. At 23. Yeah. I don't know about you. Well, I thought I, thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I quickly... No, that's not true. I figured out when I got to my 30s, because I really thought I was knew what I was doing when I got to my 30s, and then I didn't. I feel more like me now 
than I did in my 30s or in my 20s. And I think that's because I I give myself enough grace that says, I don't always get this thing right. I'm comfortable making mistakes. I'm figuring it out. I kind of want to go that way. I don't know how to get there, but I'm okay. I just kind of know I want to go over there. And that's enough. Move slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yep. what, for your... That's Give yourself enough grace, move slow. Well, I, I was going to ask for it to, to maintain, like you've, you've got to manage kind of family, partner, all the stuff. What do you do to kind of keep yourself at the right pace, care for yourself well, you know, like are there things that you're just kind of doing? And, and I'm guessing that might be a little harder now because you're just at home so much. But like, what do you kind of do just to kind of maintain you to keep yourself in a space that you can be as as best of the version of you that you, that you hope you can be? I do a lot of yoga. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of yoga. I, um, and I'm not, I'm a new yoga practitioner. I mean, I probably have been practicing for five years. Mm-hmm. I'm so new at it i um got weirdly enough got conned into a class by a girlfriend who was like you need to come try this you know maybe i know this girl maybe you'll be a member so come try this class and and i was immediately taken by it because you never get it right Mm -hmm. you know it's like something that you (laughs) will practice forever that's why it's called a practice so like i mean i didn't i didn't feel while in that room i had to be perfect Mm -hmm. or and the yoga studio I belong to is like so interested in your imperfections and mm. really felt really great. Like if that's all the good stuff, like, you know, the falling down and the, you know, you do, if you don't fall down, you can't get back up. Like mm. there's just no like stuff like that. So I'm a huge, huge yoga, com- like a proponent. I say every, all there's all sorts of yoga, but they have a great online right now. So I'm doing a lot of online yoga mm-hmm. with Zoom, which is the weirdest <laughs> but kind of cool situation. Right. Like, a bunch of people moving in your screen that's far away from you while you're listening to someone. Yeah. Eh, you know, that there's that. And then I mean, obviously, I'm big old outdoors person. I mm-hmm. love the garden. I love the food produced from it. So I like being outside. I'm staring at a strawberry right now. Mm. It's strawberry season. <laughs> And we and we're growing them, so like that's very good. So, yeah, yeah, nature, I guess. What do you do to stay grounded right I, now? I for me right now, um, so I I have I'm very grateful that some years ago when life got really difficult, that I went to therapy. I had a good counselor, um, you know, one on one. I went to I had a group that I went to. And I, I learned some tools that I that I still use today because I have all the stressors, all the things that could push me to depression, the things that could kind of stir up that anxiety that, that I that I deal with. Uh, so for me, routine helps. I have a pattern for how I work, for the work that I've been able to kind of maintain and some things that I've been able to add in. Uh, I probably play music almost every day. Um, the piano is up on purpose. The drums are up on purpose. So I can just walk over to them and get on them and play. Uh, I'm not on social media as much. Like that was helpful for me. And I just try to, I try to talk to people, get on zoom, 
make a, like actually hit the green button and call you, not just text you, but call you to just kind of create space for people. So that's helped, um, you know, spend time with my daughter, keep that a priority for when she's home. So it's, for me, that, that, that routine and consistency has been, especially now, has been helpful. That's what I'm trying to do. I, I try to, I, I think the, you know, this is, May is all about, you know, what we're doing for our own mental health. Uh, and I think this has stressed people past what many folks had ever anticipated, you know, they might ever feel. Um, and I've tried to be purposeful just kind of connecting to people just to check on them and make sure they're kind of doing okay. Um, the patterns that you have and the thing, your yoga, your strawberries. <laughs> um, you, don't mess with my strawberries, man. <laughs> don't. Your, your, your Come place on. That, you, you don't get to choose what gives me joy and broccoli and fruit are the same. That's right. Well, I was, I was going to ask, are these, are any of these newer? Like, were these already there? Like, this was already your way to live and now you're just leaning into it more, kind of given the season that we're in right now? Or did you have to add something to, to kind of your, to, to handle the, the extra stress of, of what's happening? I think that they're, I mean, obviously five years of yoga is pretty new, but mm -hmm. the whole like loving of the like garden and outdoor thing is not, I have definitely amped it up mm. more that mm -hmm. I've been home. I'm, I'm outside more. I'm, you know, doing a lot more with what I have outdoors cooking wise, mm -hmm. because, you know, well, um, but I, I, I don't think it's a ton. It will be. As we continue this, mm -hmm. I'll definitely start to, because you, I can feel it. I'm sure you probably can. It's kind of like the joy of being outside, maybe connecting with another human being has kind of evaporated now because of the stress of being outside connecting with another human. Mm -hmm. And like the two don't really balance themselves enough health-wise for me to make it worthwhile for me to be outside, you know, face-to-face -face with someone. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to lift one of those things a little bit further in the air because the other one's fallen a little bit flat. Mm -hmm. So I'll see a ebb and flow, I would imagine. Probably you too. You'll probably end up on the piano far more because you can't have coffee next to me and not speak yeah. um, at the uh, spot in the, in, the, in the south side. Where were we? Where you didn't speak to me. It, while you were having coffee or a muffin, or I don't even know what you were eating. I don't when know. I was stalking you because we were in a competition for our bake sale, which I should have won, by the way. Yeah, yes. Still pissed about it. Shout out Next Move Program on all the cool stuff that they do. Yeah, we we were. That Roby should have won. That Roby <laughs> should have won. It was it was stiff. Like who 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 won? It was rigged. Who won it? Did Christina win? I don't even remember. I don't remember. Uh, we didn't win. We didn't win. Who did win? Katie didn't win. I might have been Christina. I think it was Christina's team. Bill didn't win. I think it was Christina. It was the um my little I was gonna call it my little pony. It's not my little pony. The um Hello Kitty. See? It wasn't Hello Kitty that won? I think. I don't know. We <laughs> this See, this is where we know things went poorly. <laughs> they shouldn't, but we should have won. They went really, really well. It was it, such a good time. Obviously, it was a good we're time. still talking about it. Yeah, it was... I'm, I'm, I'm coming for blood next year. 
<laughs> they let me come back. You want to repeat? I'm forging for, for I don't know, macadamias. <laughs> you can't even get those in Virginia. <laughs> but I am, I am. You are all about it. Oh, I believe it. Yep. Well, that 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 leads me. This is I, I I try to add. I don't know. Like I just try to add hope into these conversations always. Uh, when you think about, you know, this city, I'm assuming you're going to be in Richmond for a minute. This is your place. Um, when you think about the work you're doing, you know, things like Holly Fun, like what, what gives you some hope about this place, who we could be, the kind of place it could be for, you know, my daughter and her friends in this next generation. Like, what do you see that kind of says, like that, like that gives me a little bit of hope about what Richmond is and what Richmond could be. I think that Richmond is, what gives me hope? I don't know, the challenge. I think the challenge gives me hope. Like Richmond is as a city known to plow through its challenges. Mm. And I really, I mean, we, we create them and then we, smack them down mm -hmm. and I love that I think that that is what keeps me here is that there is a place where I can be challenged mm -hmm. and a place where I can eliminate challenge and that mm -hmm. is what I love yeah. about that's good what my hope is or how that Richmond will keep it if we are we're gonna get, we're gonna get it we're gonna do it we're gonna I mean I'm a little antsy about life but that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. What gives you hope? You know, I, I, I always say that I, I want my daughter to just solve different problems. You know, I am, I am dealing with different challenges than what my grandfather did, what my mom did. And I just hope that my daughter, she will have challenges. I just hope they're different. I hope they're different conversations. I hope that we're not still debating the value of people like we are now. Um, I hope it's not as violent. I, I just hope it's a different set of challenges. And I, I try to use the little bit of stuff I have. I can say some stuff. Um, I can advise some people, you know, so I can run a business. I can have some art and creativity. So that's my little bit. That's the little stuff I have. And I'm just trying to use my stuff to try and do some good with it. And um, I get hope because there's a lot of people doing that. I'm not the only one. You do it. You know, there's so many people in Richmond that are just doing that. And if more of us are like that, we got a shot at making this place better. I hope so. I really hope so. I hope that we also come out of this more real like, I love right now that if, like, the dog walked behind me, mm -hmm. it would just be normal. Right. Or, like, if your daughter popped in to say something, mm -hmm. it would be normal now. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that about how people are engaging. Because it was normal before. Right. But we just hit it. Like, it wasn't a thing. Right. Like, I don't have a cat. <laughs> we, we, I don't have any kids. You don't see them. I don't get to... I, I, I'm a I'm a super mom, you know, or a super dad. Yeah. There are no kids, animals, or anything. My wall is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I love that about what's going on because it feels like it feels just a little easier on everybody that has all these challenges. That's right. We can we can be ourselves a little bit more maybe than we Yeah. Think a little before. deeper into what your life was that wasn't just work. That's right. Well, I appreciate you taking part of your evening to pour something good in your glass and to share some space with me. Dude, I'd do happy hour with you any day. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I, I drank my whole glass. So this is this perfect. It was a, I'm almost there. <laughs> You're almost there. Uh, Roby, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Roby for jumping on the podcast with me. If you don't follow her on Instagram, call me Roby and Edith Virginia. Those two accounts are hers. So follow her and check out what she's got going on. Every episode, I ask the guest what nonprofit we should spotlight. Holly Fund. Holly Fund is the one we're talking about. Both Roby and I work with Holly Fund and support the things that are happening there. Holly Fund, it helps the individuals in this area here in Richmond who work in the food service industry and they're just experiencing some economic crisis such as injury and illness, death of an immediate family member, loss of income, all that due to what's happening with the coronavirus and the impact of this pandemic. Some really wonderful things have happened. Folks have been super generous. Folks have been able to get some help. And I'm just, I'm glad myself to be a part of that and joining that, that board of advisors. If you want to learn more about the Holly Fund to contribute to it or find out how you can get some help, go to thehollyfund.org, T-H-E-H-O-L-O-I-F-U-N-D.org, the Holly Fund. Go see what they're doing. Go support what they're doing. I guess you can say we because I'm a part of it too. Go support what's happening with the Holly Fund and see how, uh, like I said, you can contribute or maybe you can get some much needed help. It's been great this season talking about a lot of different things with some wonderful people. If you've missed any of the episodes from this season, go back through, check them all out. Here are the conversations that we had, and we're going to bring another season to you. I think July. I think July feels about right for when we can bring out some new episodes. But really appreciate you all listening to 40 Lessons and supporting the kind of conversations that we're having here. Got to give love to Mike Watts, Anjali Moon, Radia Rhodes, James Harris, all jumping on the podcast. Roby Martin with the episode you just listened to. Thank you all for listening. And again, as I always say, I really, really, really hope that you are taking care of yourself. Give yourself some time. Give yourself some space to think and to process. Take breaks, like get up, walk around. Do the things that help you feel good about yourself. And then make sure you're taking care of each other. Call, text, roll by, catch up on people. Make sure they are doing okay. My name is Todd B. Waldo. This is 40 Lessons. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I can. You're, you're just, you're, you're slanted. You're this way. Uh, how about that way? That Go way's ahead. better. Hi. It only took 45 minutes, but we did it. Oh, don't even, I can't even believe that it took so long. What? I am so sorry. I don't know what was going on with my, my whole, I, I don't know.
It's I don't know what's happening. I don't find it's fine. You're here now. I'm happy to see you, by it's the way. It's good to see you too. Very, very happy to see you. 